The Will Cain Show podcast is presented by Eno, the Capital One Assistant. What's in your wallet? The quarterbacks from 2015 versus the quarterbacks of 2016, something we haven't done yet. We haven't even touched on the ball family of Lithuania, which we may get to here a little bit. We got Will Cain today, the Rosilla Show brought to you by Upside.com, giving all business travelers the gift of a better travel experience this holiday season, Upside.com. Um... Remember when RG3 was awesome? Yes. You remember when everyone loved all of his social media posts? Yes, followed him. You followed him. Might still. Don't nope. go through purges very often. No pressure, no diamonds. No your mm-hmm. why. Mm-hmm. There's no comeback without the whatever, you know, I don't know, I don't know how that goes. And and then remember how he's doing a bunch of ads? And I went down to DC. It's one of the only times I've been down there. I'm not there that often. And I was there for the home opener when he was coming back from the knee injury. And it was like a religious experience. This is RG3. And then everybody stopped liking him. Yeah. What do you think happened? Man, there are certain stories in the news, and I've told you this before, that I stop reading. Like when the cycle of drama, and this applies to very, very, very serious news items as well. When I was in politics and news, it's like there's just certain ones. I don't even want to name them because I don't want to diminish them, but... When I feel like the story is repetitive, I stop reading it. And 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 sometimes I, I don't keep up because it's like, ah, well, I read that story like four months ago, right? Surely. I mean, the degree of difference has to be small. The RG3 drama, Santana Moss, Dan Snyder, this guy, that guy. The dad being involved, sticking with cousins, Shanahan's role. It reached that level for me. It's okay. just like, okay, we're doing this. It feels like a washing machine. We're doing this drama over and over and over again. You're accurate about all that stuff, and your answer is more in-depth than mine. Okay. Mine's a simpler one. He was winning, and then they were losing. So then it's you hit send on a tweet, and you go, oh, you get another catchphrase, dude? Like, you're not winning 10 games anymore. And I think that's almost a story with every single guy. I think it comes down to that all the time. Like, Baker Mayfield, if they lost, if they didn't win a lot of games, they'd be going, can't have that. Too much of a distraction. Got to stay locked into the game. But he's awesome. Oklahoma's in the playoff. And I think the same could be said for Joel Embiid. Embiid is one of the most impressive young players this game has ever seen. That's how special he is. And the only thing that's gotten in his way is injuries. But I'm telling you, for the two years that he sat out, and he's even self-aware of this because he does this piece, ESPN the Magazine, out now, Ramon Shelburne, this whole piece with her where he talks about his social media presence. And for the most part, it's fun. And he even admits himself, yes, I start going down roads that are maybe a little dangerous, and for every one that's maybe a little bit too much and trollish, and I know what I'm doing, there's 10 that are just funny and stupid and nobody ever pays attention to those. But you know what's happening is Embiid is delivering on all the promise of his talent. And the Sixers are winning enough games. You know, around 500, that's actually pretty good for a young team, a group that has not played much together. So that feels like an accomplishment. But while he sat out for two years, Will, I'm telling you, the story about Embiid became eh, a bit of a jokester, not sure that he's in great shape. You know, he's on Twitter all the time. He's asking out Rihanna. Like, I'm not sure if this guy takes this that seriously. That's when he wasn't playing. Now that he's healthy and he's playing and he's even better than people could have imagined, he's the same exact guy, but now it's fun. You know what I hate about that analysis? It's not that it's wrong because it's not wrong is that it validates one of those sports cliches that you hear so often that I'm just like, okay, that one did nothing for 
furthering my understanding. <laughs> you know which one I'm here. You hear winning washes the stench off of everything. Sure. Winning solves everything. Here's it, right. But clearly yeah, you're like right. You don't know that. Let me ask you this. Who who is getting the benefit of the doubt on behavior that we would not forgive but for the fact they win? The most. Who do, gets that the most? Baker. Like, I mean, right now, in the moment that I can think of. You know, I don't think I don't think LeBron does anything that's that bad. You right. know, he's he embellishes calls. I mean, who cares? Draymond Green. That. Um yeah, Draymond. If he was if he was on a team that struggled, right, you'd go. You can't win. You'd, you'd be saying, "Hey, you can't win with this guy," right? When in fact, you can win with him, right? Um, Which means that the the platitude isn't like a hundred percent bulletproof. Yeah, Russ. I don't. You know, if we start talking about stars in the league, like Russ doesn't get in trouble. He didn't do anything wrong. He's just tough to play with. Right. We're starting to see that become a bigger problem with the Thunder. But that's that's the whole thing here. I don't know. I'm just thinking right now. Like Baker does stuff that you go. I'd rather you not do that. Mm-hmm. But they're in the playoff, and he just won the Heisman. I mean, That's how, a fact. I mean, how many times have you read in the past few days, you don't understand Baker Mayfield? Like, what if I do? <laughs> what if actually I do understand him? And I just haven't sat in a room with him like you have and either been conned or I have an emotional, physical attachment to him now, and therefore I feel like, because that's what happens to us too. Like, oh, I hate this coach, I hate this coach. And then you meet him, and you're like, oh, kind of a nice guy. I'll take it easier on him next time I'm on the air. Okay, but you asked me this in pre-show, so I know you want to talk about this as well. Is the clock ticking on Joel Embiid? Embiid nails it, though. In the beginning of this piece, he goes, I know eventually people are going to get sick of me. And, and people go, no, no, we love Joel Embiid. We love you right now. I remember telling everybody, the Curry thing eventually will expire. People will go, up. Oh, he keeps winning. Now he's won MVPs. And now this dude who literally doesn't do anything wrong except chew on his mouthpiece. And people are like, oh, I hate that guy. I hate that guy. Like, think about you hating. Think of you right now. Now, if you're friends or, you know, you and your buddies, you're, you're Spurs fans, you're Rockets fans. Like, I understand not loving Curry. But if you're neutral in the fandom here. I know that guy. Like, how you know that you, guy, too, right? Yeah, yeah, I understand. Like, if you're a Spurs fan, you go, oh, I'm so no, sick No, 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 I know the guy that's neutral. That, that he still hates. hates him. Yeah. Yeah, I know that guy. The anti-Warriors thing is getting in the way of some people realizing you're missing out on maybe... Not what? Not maybe one of the greatest. They are one of the greatest NBA teams ever assembled, and we're in the middle of it right now. And you are denying yourself enjoying it to some level as just a basketball fan because you're caught up in all their stuff. And Embiid knows that at some point, maybe they don't win enough. You know, maybe he gets hurt again. Maybe we go, yeah, stay off social media a little bit, start working out in the gym more. Embiid is not Steph Curry. He's giving people plenty of ammunition. He's giving them plenty of reason that when that day comes, they'll have no trouble finding reasons. Absolutely. That's a great call. Sarudi has pointed out, and I think he's accurate, that there's probably a pretty strong undercurrent of players in the NBA that are ready for that day, for the Joel Embiid honeymoon phase to end, so they can start going, okay, see, now can we speak freely about the way Joel Embiid is tweeting? Yeah, like Andre Drummond tried to diss him and goes, talk to me when you play back-to-back. She's like... He is ten times the player than you are, Drummond. And Drummond's actually better Drummond's this year really, too. Really good. Yeah, this Drummond's year. better. Drummond, Drummond, in a dream, isn't as good as Embiid is. And then Drummond wants to talk like, so yeah, you're right. And you'll see guys get so frustrated in games. And Embiid has this disposition where he just looks at him, and again, it's pity. He's not even <laughs> mad at the opponent. He just kind of like looks at him and shakes his head, like, yeah, sorry, man. There's nothing you can do with me. There's nothing you can do with me. Do you think Embiid right now 
has the highest approval rating by NBA fans. If you think about stars in the league today, is there anybody that has like more people saying, I like him, I like that guy than Embiid? It's Rudy. Amongst fans, no. No, because he's like a Twitter sensation. He's a league pass sensation. Will? I think Srudy's 100% right. He's just a B-side right now. <laughs> he's the guy that was into the Ramones before you were into the Ramones, right? The truth of the matter is, as much as there's some hatred, as you point out, Steph Curry probably still has highest likability among the fans. No way. Who does? I think it's Embiid. Maybe... No, that's Maybe like, Giannis. See, Definitely no. not Steph. Dude, people Embiid can't stand Giannis, Steph now. Embiid and Giannis aren't well-known enough to even get votes as being likable or unlikable. That's the sad truth. Embiid has enough. No. What about Kristaps? Same thing. Zinger? Zinger bars? You think Steph... How do you... Is this... What is this? Q rating? Likeability? We, there's a stat for this. Mike A, you can answer this. Hey, well, Q rating we has can to do, know the facts on this. Doesn't Q rating have as much to do with your reach as much as your yes, likability? It's a combination so, of likability and knowing so who you are. I don't think we can do total numbers here, but I see so little negativity about Embiid ever. It's like a giant celebration. It's a coming out party for an entire season for Embiid. Because one, there aren't really any expectations. But you know, he'll turn into Anthony Davis real quick if he can't stay healthy and they don't ever make the playoffs. And what Davis made it once. You know, I hear more people kind of do a shoulder shrug about Anthony Davis. Like, eh, Anthony Davis, over that. I'm like, dude, he's unbelievable. But again, he doesn't stay healthy, and the team isn't very good. I think you're a little trapped in Twitter. I think you're a little trapped in the media bubble on that one. I think there's so universal. Super locked in? <laughs> universal. <laughs> By some definitions, yes. Uh, universal adoration among that crew. You're right. I guess maybe that's what I'm... I think that's the NBA fan, though, today. The NBA fan is the guy that goes and checks Twitter all night long. Hmm. That younger fan. I do. I do think that. Well, maybe I'm wrong on that. So you think that Curry would still have a higher... I don't want to do Q, because clearly Curry's star is brighter than Embiid's. But you think Curry's approval rating by just every NBA fan is still higher than Embiid's? Yes. We'll get Mike, I on this. Mike, Mike A on this. Put his, find out if he really okay. has all a right. computer in front of him. Perfect. All right, we'll do more of that coming up. Um, the young quarterbacks from three years ago, we thought were going to be the next guys, and the next guys already passed them by. We'll do that here. Will Kane, Rosilla Show, ESPN Radio. In life, there are talkers and there are doers. Sometimes it's not hard to tell the difference. Mike Bloomberg has spent his life getting big things done. Starting his business out of a one-room office, Mike built a company with 20,000 employees, all with good pay and quality health care. Elected mayor in the aftermath of 9-11, Mike got to work helping rebuild a shaken city, creating nearly 500,000 new jobs and expanding health care for nearly 700,000 New Yorkers. Now, there's a clear choice. Do you want a debater or a doer? Someone who can fix health care, who's done it. A guy who's unafraid of tough challenges, who has a track record creating jobs, who's taken on the NRA and won. That's Mike Bloomberg, a proven leader who can unite our country and get big things done. That's who can beat Trump. That's who we need in the White House. I'm Mike Bloomberg, candidate for president, and I approve this message. Paid for by Mike Bloomberg 2020. And now another edition of Obvious News from Geico. Obvious News! 
Experts now say that wearing more clothes in the winter will, in fact, help you be warmer. We asked cold victim Trent Patterson about this, and here's what he said. Yeah, it was the weirdest thing. I, I was a little cold, put on a sweater, then wasn't cold. I was like, what? Also in obvious news, Geico makes it easy to save money and easy to reach them with licensed agents available around the clock. So switching is a really smart decision. That's obvious news from Geico. Do we need to follow up on this NBA thing? Because we have a bunch of people reaching out right now trying to tell us who the most liked is. Because most popular and most liked, I think, are different things. There's a there's a level of star that Embiid has not touched yet with the top tier of players in this league. I just don't feel like many people are ever saying anything negative about him. I get you on that. Right? That's kind of my point, even though Curry's like still number one in some jersey seal numbers. So. Yes. The, how about this? Can we, Maybe this will be the answer you're looking for. Embiid's disapproval rating is probably the lowest right now. Okay, that's, that's a good way of doing it. Who are some of the other suggestions? Nonsense. People said James Harden. No way. Right. People made fun of him forever. And by the way, Game 6 hasn't just disappeared because they have the best record in the West, and they look filthy right now. They look so good. But, I don't know. Go ahead, Saruti. Outside of the city of Boston and maybe parts of Miami that actually care, who hates LeBron? Oh, I think a lot of people are. Yeah, he's gotten to be, he's divisive, man. I think he used to be divisive. I think that's all cooled down. Oh, I don't think he's hated the way he used to be when he went down to Miami and seven years ago. That that's that's a whole nother level. But the prospect but, of being number one is inherently divisive. Like being the best, that's that's just baked into the cake. Tom Brady is divisive. Do you think yeah, absolutely. So you Go can't ahead. be good. You can't be elite level in, of your sport and be liked ever. I think if you're the best in your sport, you're gonna have a lot of people saying that you don't deserve that spot. Where you're almost better being a little under the radar. So it a lot can't of people be tell any, you that about life. It can't like be any top six, seven, eight player then. Well, no, okay. because you could have the backup quarterback scenario. So like if you're the second or third best player, you no one invests the time in hating you, but a lot of people are invested in liking you and pumping you up to be number one. You see? What do you think about that? This is your Steph Curry argument, right? But I still think people don't like Steph because people don't like the Warriors. Yeah, I think people are over it. In the beginning, it was, oh my gosh, this may be the greatest shooter we've ever seen. And then you've got dope suggesting, because they're still winning games without him, that he's really not that important when he's the most important member of the Warriors. Before Kevin Durant went to the Warriors, highest like likability in the league? Durant? Up there. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he had a longer run as being the guy that was loved, but as I've always said, he was drafting off of the hate of LeBron, and then like he just went ahead and did, and we're like, oh, like everybody propped him up as the guy that stayed in Oklahoma City. He's the anti-LeBron. He's all of these things, and it's like, oh, you kind of did something even worse, maybe. And Russ was the divisive figure in that organization, so everything about Kevin, he got to be sort of, oh yeah, but I like that guy. Can't stand LeBron. Yeah, yeah, this, Russ, oh, yeah, but I like Kevin Durant. And the weird thing is, is Russ became more popular, I think, after Durant bolted for Golden State because it's like, oh, look at little Russ go. Russ is, look at all those. Man, he's doing this all by himself. And now you're like, hey, you've got better players with you now, dude. Right. And now I don't know if I like you as much as I did last year. Will Kane, The Rosillo Show at ESPN Radio. How about the Kyrie one? Do you think more people like Kyrie than like Embiid? Or as you put it, what's the higher no. disapproval rating? Kyrie's disapproval is really high. Especially right? to my left. I don't dislike Kyrie. <laughs> you 
you don't like Kyrie. I didn't say I like Kyrie. I said I don't dislike Kyrie. Uh, <laughs> there's definitely more people I would think that dislike Kyrie today, not because he's unpopular. Or I just, I just th- look. This is my position that Embiid is the most liked. He's the most popular in the sense that it's so much fun right now. And he's in a honeymoon phase. Right. And he, absolutely, if he's doing this year five, and the Sixers are. 500, which I doubt they will be because those two players are so special. We haven't even seen Fultz yet. Okay, let's do some football here. Would you ever think that you'd ask this question about this quarterback? This one guy who's a franchise guy today, where in two years you go, eh, maybe it's not going to work out. And that could be happening with a couple of the younger ones. With Will Kane, the Rosillo Show, at Rosillo Show, 1-800-Flowers.com, Twitter feed right here on ESPN Radio. Now that Human Resources VP Ashley Campbell has Kronos for HR, payroll, talent, and time, she's managing her workforce like a rock star. She even has her own hype song. I'm the spark before the fire. I'm the power in the train. I have a really diverse workforce with different hours, skill sets, and pay grades. Don't stop. Don't stop. I'm the dream. You should know that. Now we're motivating and engaging the right people. Every step of the way. Kronos, HR solutions for the modern workforce and the people who support them. Learn more at Kronos.com slash HR Swagger. What if I told you Will Kane looks better in person. All right, Will Kane, the Rosillo Show at ESPN Radio. We spent the first 30 minutes of this hour here kind of going over the whole Embiid piece. Go check it out, ESPN the Magazine, Ramona Shelburne. Kind of his popularity and why it makes a lot of sense, but even the self-awareness, impressive from Embiid to understand that hey, the honeymoon thing's going to be over at some point. People start getting on my case a little bit more. I know we got to get to some quarterback conversations. We have to do this because I've been teasing it for like an hour. Didn't do it because I have an Embiid thing that's in my head, and I have to follow natural conversations where they are, so don't let me do it. All right, okay. Table that. I'm going to try. We'll table that until a little bit later. Okay, Goff has been great. We were talking about the Goff, Jeff Fisher. We are doing the Jeff Fisher quarterback thing. Is that thing still true? That's right. So three of his former quarterbacks, the one, two, and three seed teams? Correct. In the <laughs> NFC. And Foles clearly inheriting that one with the Eagles. It's not like, he'd be like man, I'm clinched the one seed. Like, now nah, you threw like five Foles passes. is that ninth piece of evidence you accused me of, like in first take. Yes, yes, it is. Yes, yes, it is. Very good. Well said. What about Jameis and what about Mariota? Have we seen enough evidence from both of them? And, you know, both have dealt with injuries. And Mariota's kind of got this knee thing right now. But there's times where I watch him and go, wait a minute. What if we said it? And ironically, with RG3 being here, Van Pelt and I are still doing the show together. I go, I feel like we're a year away from where you go, man, they moved on from RG3. Or this whole first year was a fluke, and it ended up being the right call. What if I said in two years the Titans are looking for another quarterback? Like, how much more confidence do you have in the 2016 top guys versus the 2015 guys who we thought Jameis and Marcus were the answers to their franchise? Immensely more confident. It's not even close right now. Not even close. I love the way you teased this. Some of the guys we thought were the next guy are being passed by the next guy. The 2016 class... Wentz, Goff, Dak, immensely better than Winston and Mariota. Now, I think you're going a little too far when you say we could be moving on from one of those two guys 
in the near future, that it's not a stretch to think a year or two down the road that the Titans are looking for a new quarterback. I think that, specifically with Mariota, he's having a bad year right now. But, I mean, last year, it was a really good year. Completed 61% of his passes, 26 touchdowns, 9 interceptions. That's not the year he's having this year. But it was all trending up as recently as last year. I guess I was always surprised. It wasn't that I was anti-Mariota. I felt like the way he was talked about was this guy who had taken this real leap. And and when you're a, a franchise that's been without a guy and you've been just shuffling through a bunch of different names, when somebody even looks like the guy, you get really, really excited. But I'd read these off-season things, and it'd be like, oh, Marcus is clearly, you know, he's he's moved on. I mean, the numbers are pretty good. QBRs are right. The split on the touchdowns and interceptions, he's the guy that took care of the football, didn't throw picks, great in the red zone. Well, now he's throwing picks, and he's throwing more picks, and he's throwing touchdowns. His numbers right now are, I think they're worse. I think they're the worst of his three years. And, well, it's not even close. And Jameis, that one's not even close. He has been in decline now, what feels like, for three straight years. Is he in decline? Here's the thing about Jameis. I guess we could do this thing. This is like the No, but here's the thing. The you and I called this deal. on Jameis a few, uh, 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 I'd say a few months ago at this point now. Jameis sort of is what he is. We can't keep asking Jameis to be something else. Jameis throughout his career has been about a 60% passer. He was down to 58 his first year. He was up to 62 this year. But his his passer rating, always mid to high 80s. Throw some touchdowns. But the fact of the matter is, Jameis throws interceptions, and he throws bad interceptions. That is consistent. I'm not sure he's getting worse. I'm not sure he's getting better. This is who Jameis Winston is. He's somebody that fumbles the football. He's somebody that throws picks, and it's not just the mistakes. He had another one this past week where you go, are you lateraling it to the defense? Like The the play is dead. The play is dead. You'd think that you could solve it, but then when you'd watch Favre and have these moments, and you're like, man, the old gunslinger. You know, he never gives up on a play. And you win, and this is kind of back to the, some of the Embiid stuff you were talking about. You're like, oh, you never can, you can't ever count him out of a play. You know, Jameis is just a winner. Well, now they're not winning, and now we're worried about the coach, and now we're looking at him. And yes, he's had some injuries. You go, are you ever going to protect the damn ball? Are you ever going to make the football, the possession of it, a priority? And I don't like doing the hey, maybe you know, but I, I think the fact that we're even having this conversation three years into their career when you felt like one, two, these two quarterbacks, and you're right, like there's not one person. There's not one person to be listening to this right now going, oh, no, no, no. I would, if we're doing a futures game, I'll still take Winston and Mariota over Goff and Wentz. No way. When we had this conversation, I tweeted out essentially Dak over Wentz, over Mariota, over Goff, over Winston. You had Winston last. I still do. Well, now you must feel better about it because I even thought then that was still too quick to move off of Winston and have Goff over him. And now I think you won. Well, right. but I had some other holes in that little chain. I mean, Goff belongs over Mariota. Winston Dak, let's call it a close call. <laughs> <laughs> um, You're talking Wentz and Dak. Did I say Winston? I, yeah. I meant Wentz and Dak. Yeah, right. Yeah. I'm laughing because I know you meant Carson Wentz. Because somebody's going, why is that so funny? I take Dak over, over Jameis. What about Carr? What about Derek Carr? He's also had a regression year. Explain the Raiders in general this year. How were they so good them last year? We explained them all summer. We did? Yeah, because no one could name anybody other than Khalil <laughs> Mack on the defense. And we made a joke about it. Khalil every, Mack and those guys? Every, <laughs> <laughs> it was every guy we had on. 
like, oh, Carr, you know, the weapons, and then Khalil Mack on defense. And, and those guys. guys. <laughs> like, can you guys, do you not have Google? Can we not name any other defensive players? Like, that. that's the new rule for anybody listening right now, okay? When you hear an analyst break down your team, doesn't even have to be your team, a different team, and they say they like them and they can only name one guy in the defense, that means you could have some problems on that side Here's of the football. Here's a fun game. Did this at Thanksgiving, okay? To the guy that knows football, right? Yeah. Knows football. I know what I'm talking about. Name five guys on their team. Now just pick any team and say, oh, just name five guys. I know you can. I thought that was a challenge. I'm like, Tom No, no, Cannon. you got it. <laughs> but name five Titans. <laughs> <laughs> the Titans always get caught up in that. Wait a minute, who's their coach again? You're like, uh, yeah, Doug Marone. We're good. No. <laughs> no, no. I'm kidding. All right. The Rosilla Show with Will Kane on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. Creators, the name your price tool. Choose from a range of coverage options and pick the price that works for you. Have you actually asked a house guest to name five players? My brother-in-law did it. And we to went, who? To me and to other guys. He's like, name five Bengals. I'm like, I can do that. And you can do it. But your wheels turn at about four or five. You know what? I used to, I used to know the name of every baseball general manager and manager. Like if you had said, "Oh, do you know?" I'd be like, "What are you? Don't even come at me with that stuff." Yeah. Nope, not anymore. Tyler Eifert. <laughs> I remember there used to be this theory that you'd go be like, "Oh, how tough is it to get a job at ESPN?" And be like, "Oh, it's so hard." They put you through the screening. Like, are you serious? Be like, "Yeah." They ask you about the Padres rotation. I'm like, oh, okay, all right. So, Matt Latos. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't happen. I, I don't know anybody that's actually been asked that. Urban legend. All right, up next. Uh, What's your ball experience in Lithuania take? Can you tease it? Name the capital of Lithuania. Lithuania town. That's next on ESPN Radio. You got it. Your home is important. That's why GEICO helps make it easy to save on homeowners insurance. Because home is more than just a place. Home is where you build a giant pillow fort in your living room. And when people ask why you have a pillow fort in your living room, you say it's for your dog. And when they ask, well, what kind? You say, "Mm, chocolate lab? And we have a web of lies that's almost as intricate as the crown molding in Ford Pillow. The GEICO Insurance Agency could help protect the pillow soft fortress you call home. Call GEICO and see how easy it is to switch and save on homeowner's insurance. I will give the Ball family, LeVar, uh, specifically, all the credit in the world here. He has kept this thing going. I, I imagine at some point it will burn out. But with every announcement, every move... Um, not that his kid got in trouble in China, but then to yank him from UCLA to homeschool the other one that's in high school, and then to say, okay, peace, we are headed to Lithuania, <laughs> and both are signing uh, to play professional hoops over there with a club that I cannot pronounce. So I could try, but I'm not going to. So I would imagine most people go, okay, this is too much, right? Do you think most yes. people resist this? They don't They don't go, hey, that's great news. I'm pumped for those kids. Yes, and what's interesting to me is, why now? Why is this move so bad? I've been a LeVar Ball critic from day one, and there's sort of the way it is and the way it should be, Ryan. I mean, the way it is, you look at it and you go, well, you're taking away this college experience from these kids, specifically LaMelo, who could have you know, this wonderful experience at UCLA with his friends, trips, road trips. It's UCLA. It's John Wooden. It's tradition. It's everything. It's everything that other kids would love to have. And he's tossing it away like it's worthless. That's the way it is. Or that's the way it should be, rather. The way it is is LaMelo was never going to stay at UCLA for four years. LeVar Ball is guiding these kids 
I mean, LiAngelo was never going to stay at UCLA for four years. He was going to be one and done by all accounts. The point is his dad was already going to take this college experience away from them. Taking them to Lithuania, to me, isn't the worst thing in the world. Taking them away from that attention they get in L.A., center of the media storm, dropping him in a post-Soviet Baltic country to seeing the way the world works, get a little taste of experience and worldliness, that's not the worst thing in the world. The question is how long will it last? See, that's the part that I didn't – I underestimated the ability to stay in the headlines. And it's not just calling out the Lakers and going, okay, Lonzo didn't play well, your thoughts, LeVar, and then he trashes the coaching, which is a joke, because the fact that Luke Walton has this team playing top 10 defense and it's a handful of young players that are all kind of mismatched, like that to me is very, very impressive. I think the Lakers are actually successful this year based on my expectations for them, based on who they've been. So anytime LeVar opens his mouth about Luke not being able to coach, it's a total joke, especially when you're the guy that just insults refs during summer league games and walks your team off the court. So let's not talk about coaching. But I underestimated his ability to stay relevant with just the transactions. Like, how did you – I didn't see this coming. Lithuania? I'm bringing my kids to Lithuania? What I don't understand, though, is that could LaMelo, who was at UCLA, ever go, you know what, I'm not going to be a pro basketball player, Dad. Can I just stay at UCLA and – Maybe, and I'm not trying to do the education is everything, which is obviously very important, but college isn't for everybody. But what if LaMelo's like, I just wanted to stay at UCLA. I know I'm not going to play a lot. That's fine. Why am I going to play pro basketball in Lithuania when I was a marginal recruit out of high school as it is? You're talking about LiAngelo. I I, I screw him up all the time. LaMelo's the youngest one, right? Yeah, and anyone with perhaps realistic NBA aspirations. Okay. Why is the middle one? Why is the middle one caught up in all this? Like, why does he have to go to Lithuania? Is this what he wants to do? Did he want to leave you? And now, if he does, that's fine. Maybe kids want different stuff. And he's saying, "I trust my dad." He even dropped it. I trust the trust the process with this whole thing. But it it's a continuation of publicity stunts. Some that are real, some that are not. Where I, I can't believe we're still doing this. Like, I'm impressed. Yeah, the sin is delusion. Because the the sin is not taking away opportunities that other people would kill to have. Because, again, when it comes to Lonzo or LaMelo, the oldest and the youngest, the one with the Lakers and the one that's 16 years old, the path was always going to be one and done in pursuit of an NBA career. And you could argue, well, no matter how you slice them, how do you cut it, that was what we were going to do, no matter if we're at UCLA or at PSG Barcelona or whatever. What do they call their basketball team in Barcelona? FC Barcelona? Football club? No, not F football club. Whatever. Yes, that one. That one, PSG. LiAngelo is the one that you make an interesting point on because he doesn't have NBA hopes. He doesn't have NBA prospects. But he's been filled with delusion by his dad that he is the only one who's actually giving up the higher outcome opportunity. He's the one giving up the college degree for what? He said in the presser, he goes, I trust that my dad will get me on the Lakers. Like, or is this part of the branding and just, hey, you know, LeVar's going to the middle one going, just just say this stuff. And maybe they all think it's hilarious. And I'm not – this isn't even really a knock. I just – it constantly gets lost in this. The middle one isn't good, good at hoops. He's not that good. He would have never been at UCLA if it wasn't a package deal for the other brothers committing there. Okay? It's UCLA. So he probably wasn't going to play. So maybe that's why he wanted to bounce. But you don't just get to – like, LeVar has – Talk some things into existence. Mm-hmm. An NBA team giving your marginal prospect son a roster spot is not one of those outcomes. 
Are you 100% sure? You about can that? make t-shirts up. Are you 100% up? sure about that? Yeah, I am. Let's, okay, what if LaMelo really is like a top 10 pick and he can guide that to the Lakers and now his two sons are on there? He doesn't have the leverage to go, I need you to make that 12th roster spot, Jello? No. You're arguing for the 2% possibility here. I'm also telling you it is FC Barcelona. It's really gotten my ear. It is, in fact, FC Barcelona. Quick note as well on this Lithuanian basketball team. Apparently, this Lithuanian coach is the LeVar Ball of that league. He has pulled his team off with three minutes to go in a game because he didn't like the ref's call. Yeah, that's right. It was tie game, and they ended up forfeiting. I was reading that last night. Uh, here's a prediction. They don't last there super long. What, I think this is exactly right. How long is super long? One month? One. I, oh, I was going to say a season. Oh, I think season take the joke? under. Yeah, take the under. Yeah, because that's the whole point. Like, you need more headlines. You need to keep this going. Most of this stuff burns out. This candle is a lot longer than I thought. You know what else? It's cold in Lithuania in February. When does it start getting? When's the when's the, the lighter know, season? Northern Hemisphere here, farther north. All good points. Can you write off the Pats twice in the same season and still be wrong? Will Kane, the Rosillo Show, ESPN Radio.